Welcome to the Mom Tuition Podcast, where I help ambitious moms tap into their intuition, find their purpose, and live their best life. I'm your host, Katie. Join me each week as we dive into career, business, self-development, and personal growth. Learn how to trust your inner voice, build confidence, and create a fulfilling career aligned with your values. Get inspired by successful moms and experts who have been in your shoes. This is your weekly dose of motivation and practical tips to unlock your true potential. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up working moms? I hope you all are having a great week so far. And I am feeling honestly like a million bucks now, you know? That contrast between being sick and then feeling really good, well, as I shared last week on the podcast, our whole family got hit by the stomach bug, and this weekend and week, I am, you know, recovered, and I feel rested, and so I'm just feeling like... The adrenaline is pumping, I'm ready to rock and roll, the ideas are flowing, and I'm just feeling like a million bucks. And that is the beauty of contrast. And I think sometimes we forget about how, you know, life can't come without those downs. The the roller coaster of life ups and downs, it's necessary so that when we are riding that wave and we are feeling like a million bucks, we actually feel amazing because we felt crappy before. So if you are in a place right now of stress or you're sick or whatever it is, focus on being on the other side and take it one day at a time, take care of yourself. And then when you do come out of that low, really embrace and enjoy that high and just ride it, ride it. And the contrast of life is one of our greatest gifts because we cannot truly appreciate a high without a low. So with that, I had asked a few questions on Instagram, polling you all and trying to figure out what the next solo podcast episode should be. And I had asked for it last time and I just find it so helpful and valuable because I really want to bring you all, um, you know, ideas and inspiration and to help you and so knowing what you guys need right now is so helpful to me so this week is all about self-care as moms as working moms there is so little time I mean I think that's one of the craziest parts about becoming a parent and you can prepare for it you for sure can understand that life is going to be different and that there's going to be less time for you. But sometimes it's figuring out 
what it looks like moving forward because you still do need to make time for you. But one of the things that truthfully, you know, sometimes bothers me about being a new mom is this whole idea about not appreciating you know where we should have a shower and we should be able to have hot food and all these shoulds and it's like but if we let go of expectations those little parts of our every day how beautiful it is that it becomes a luxury I don't think I will ever forget the first few showers at home by myself after giving birth. I don't think I'll ever forget them. Standing in the shower all by myself, feeling the hot water flow down my head, my body, having, you know, a very floral, uh, actually, I think I, I used I was using like some kind of eucalyptus um, body wash at the time and it just filled the shower and it made me feel so good and I felt clean and alive. And I held on to that. I held on to finding the beauty. And, and showing gratitude and appreciation in all of those little moments. Because once you become a parent, the reality is life doesn't go back to the same. But why should it? Why would it? We have chosen to have kids. We have chosen to add this other layer to our life. And it's now giving us something that we didn't have before. But with that it does mean there is less time for for you and you are still important. But maybe before taking care of yourself was really all you had to think about. Maybe it was just, you know, it was just you, your partner and your job and then any activities you did. And now, you know, you have this little person or little people that require a lot from you. And so it is hard. The adjustment can be hard, especially the more, you know, you go from that newborn stage. And at least for me, Grayson was a really sleepy newborn, like really sleepy. And he was pretty easygoing and chill. And and so I got to rest a lot. I was one of those people who slept when the baby was sleeping and I nursed while watching working moms on Netflix and laughing hysterically and I I just I don't know I I felt like my newborn experience um was almost like I had he slept so much I sometimes all I did was think about what you know, other than nursing him or changing his diaper. And obviously, I had support as well. I shouldn't say obviously, but I did. I had my husband and then my in-laws and my own parents. And we just had a plethora of help, which was so awesome. But even at four, five, six months, Grayson still slept a lot. And in those early days when napping was 
you know, four or five hours a day on the weekends. I mean, I did so much for myself. And then as your kids become alive, there's then a phase where they're awake more and they need you more and that independence isn't developing yet. And that was really hard. You know, it it was. It was hard. I felt like I started, you know, coming from a triathlon and running background and also a uh, personal trainer and group fitness instructor and all of these things. I mean, fitness is an integral part of my life. And early on, I felt like I could prioritize it because there was so much sleeping time. And then as he became more wakeful, I want. I personally wanted to be a part of those uh, wake windows. I wanted to play with him, and and so I found myself in a place of choosing him over, um, you know, my typical self care routine, if you will. Prior to Grayson, I mean, my I had this routine in the morning that was. Toffer would tease me because, um, my husband, because it was, I mean, this is part of the reason why the the fitness um, company I'd started a while ago was called The Regimen is because I can be pretty uh, habitual, regimented, um, within reason, but I had very, like, typical things that I would do in the morning, like I'd wake up, I'd do my six-minute yoga, I would then, uh, this routine that I created, I would then um, go do 12 minutes of strength, then I might have, then I would have a coffee, not always in this order, but these are like the parts of, of my morning routine. I'd have a coffee and I would read in a nonfiction book and then I'd read in a fiction book and then I might write down some thoughts that I had and then I would go do some type of, you know, run or ride or something along those lines and then I would come back and I'd have, you know, one of five different types of breakfast because, again, I'm very – I like just knowing or just having things because I think it – um, things to eat that I just normally have because I think it uh, saves time, to be honest. It's it's an efficiency um, mentality for me. And then I would take a shower and I would, um, yeah, and that was really like my morning routine, if you will. And then, but it was all, that's literally all I thought about uh I had to think about right and then what enters the picture is you have a new variable that is unpredictable and you don't know when they're going to have a blowout you don't know when they're going to be hungry you don't know you know what's suddenly you have a doctor's appointment you uh you you just don't know what your what your day how it's going to unfold and so the actual routine became i don't know when i'm going to get these things in and what it looks like as he became more wake, wakeful again very early on i mean for me and and i'll be very curious to see what it's like with baby number 2 by the way, 16 weeks until this baby is due. Um, and 
We'll see. We'll see what it will be like, how it's different. Obviously, we'll have Grayson, um, who will be a little over two and a half. So it won't be the same at all. And and I recognize that, which is why being open-minded about what self-care looks like. And that's this topic is so important to me because I feel like in the world, like, the health and beauty world, this topic can kind of be over glamorized and it becomes about, you know, cucumbers on our eyes and rose quartz rollers and face masks and, you know, foot masks and, um, I, you know, all sorts of beauty treatments and, and those are great, but I don't know about you, but Sometimes that feels more like more work. It doesn't feel self-care. You know, this is this is really let's let's go into this because here's what self-care shouldn't feel like. So if you're right now I want you to pause and think about what you think self-care looks like like when you think about not just for you but I think a great way to think about self-care is like when you think of what someone else is doing and you're like that's a great idea or or that looks really nice maybe that's something that you think it that's an expectation you've developed of what self-care looks like but here's the thing self-care shouldn't feel like work it shouldn't have a should with this. It sh- and it's funny that I'm using should, but like it when you you don't want to attach should to self-care because what what happens when we attach should to something is it feels like a have to. It feels like oh, I better do that or I'm not going to feel xyz or it creates that sensation of work. It becomes, it shouldn't feel like a to-do on your to-do list. You should not be writing self-care as a to-do on your to-do list unless that feels good to you, okay? If that feels good, all the power to you. But it shouldn't feel like a to-do. And it shouldn't be met with a feeling of resistance. Like if if I said to you, hey, what about doing a hand and face mask? What about like, and you're like, oh my God, that feels like so much work. Or you're met with this feeling of, oh, that takes time or whatever. There's a feeling of not wanting to do it. That's not self-care. Plain and simple. Not self-care. Okay. What self-care should feel like, and this is why it's so important to let go of what the health and beauty industry is marketed as self-care because it it should, self-care, let's break that down. Self-care is taking care of yourself. <laughs> That's all it is. It is finding time to fill your cup. It is taking time to feel good about yourself. And that that's what self-care means, right? So what should self-care feel like? 
Well, easy. You want to feel light. Like when you do this self-care activity, you want to feel like you are lit up inside. You feel good. You are smiling. It feels good. You like what you are doing. You look forward to it. That's self-care. Self-care feels good. It lights you up inside. And that's one of the the key elements of finding a self-care routine that works for you and why they are so different from person to person. Okay, One person might find self-care in total reorganization of their closet color coding their closet and refolding everything and moving drawers or or maybe reorganizing drawers and things in the kitchen or self-care could be napping for somebody else. It's about doing what feels good to you and it's not a to-do. So if a to-do on your list is reorganize clothes, that's probably in my closet. It's probably not a self-care. That can be a great to-do and that's awesome, but it's probably not a self-care activity, okay? So I'm going to share kind of what my self-care looks like. And again, as a working mom, every morning before work, every day after work, is different, unpredictable. It is not, uh, you know, there isn't this like structured routine around time or things. Like, for example, we all brush our teeth. That's a great habit. That is something for dental hygiene, you know. And sometimes that happens Earlier in the morning, if I ate breakfast earlier, sometimes even if I eat breakfast early, then I'm playing with Grayson in the backyard till our nanny gets there, and then I brush my teeth right before I leave for work. I don't know, but it gets done. And so self-care is really having a bucket of things to pull from that you feel really good doing and just having kind of this picture like a bucket or like a... Did you ever have one of those jars in grade school and and the teacher would, I think, fill it with marbles when and like the class as a whole would earn these marbles and once the marbles filled to the top of the jar, you'd earn something? Well, take out the earning piece, but like I picture having this jar and every marble is a self-care activity that makes me feel good. And when I'm feeling inspired or when I have 15 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on the time, will dictate the type of self-care inspired action that I take. So what my self-care looks like, napping, napping, napping. I said it three times because sleep is essential for me. I have been this way. When I was Ironman training, I was the person, you know, 
falling asleep watching a TV show or movie with my husband on the couch. I was napping after workouts. I've been a napper my whole life. Uh, In high school, during study hall or free periods, I would find places around the school to, I would like go under tables or desks and close my eyes and nap. I, I just... This is, I actually asked on Instagram recently, uh, are you high sleep needs or low sleep needs? And this is obviously relative to your own definition, but on Instagram, I put kind of this mindset of if the average person, according to media, you know, just like articles that we read, if if it is truly seven to eight hours on average that a person needs a night, then I'm definitely high sleep needs. Even not being pregnant. Like I need nine plus hours a night plus on the weekends. Uh, obviously during the work week, naps aren't really a, a part of my life anymore unless like I really need it. I need a, I'll take like a 20 minute power nap. But I, I make time for napping because I function best with sleep. Um, I know that it regulates my mood. I feel better. I I feel like I make really good choices. Um, I feel better, yeah, with my decision-making skills. I feel inspired, creative. I can give more energy to other things. Like napping for me is, is amazing. So self-care, napping, um, reading. I love to read. I love nonfiction and fiction. Both light me up. They uh, make me think. They take me to another world. It makes me so happy to read. And it doesn't happen every day. I mean, there's there's no way it happens every day. Would I love it to? Yeah. But my life just does not allow for this regimented, scheduled reading time. Um, but... I have, I set like little goals to finish a book a month. So then if I have a ton of time, actually side note, recently, uh, a couple nights ago, my almost two and a half year old, it was nighttime and before bedtime and he was playing by himself and I just thought I'll try this. I sometimes get nervous to try things um maybe that's you know I'm just I'm like so used to things being a certain way that I'm like oh what if I get this book out and I don't read it I I've set myself up for um disappointment but I was like I gotta get out of that mentality because the only way I'm gonna know if I can do things is if I try it so Grayson was playing with his trucks and I got out my book And I started reading and he noticed and he looked up and he kind of looked at me and then he went back to playing with his trucks. And I was like, what just happened? This has never, ever happened in my life. And at first I did have a pang of mom guilt, like I should be playing with him. But I also was like, I want to honor that he clearly wants to play independently he saw me if he wants to play with me he can ask or come over and he'll definitely make himself known that he wants mommy to play with him and he didn't 
I read three chapters in a book. I read for 30 minutes, pretty much, maybe a little less than, 25. And he played by himself. It was mind-blowing. And so self-care, I'm still feeling really good and lit up from that night, which was like four or five nights ago still. Like so much time has passed. And I feel so good that I read three chapters in a book at night. Well, my toddler played by himself and my husband did work on the computer. I mean, it was it was miraculous in, in our world. And so finding those moments where you're like, okay, I'm going to try it. So reading, making a coffee that I love the taste of, okay? I... I want to love my coffee. And so we have a Nespresso machine and I love getting a mug out that lights me up. And, you know, I have different mugs and I like just seeing which one I'm drawn to for the day. And I pull it out and I put it under the Nespresso machine and I love putting the pot in and now Grayson's really into it. So he... He'll put the pot in. It's kind of like a puzzle. And then he turns it on and he presses the button and we watch the coffee come out. And then I get the milk frother out that we have. Again, we have the Nespresso milk frother. And I put, I love oat milk. So I pour some oat milk in. And I, we, again, Grace impresses the button and we watch it spin while it froths. And, I put um, some collagen oat creamer in and I mix it and then I put pour some maple syrup in and I mix it and then I pour the milk in and it is this delicious and just soul soothing coffee and yes some mornings I microwave my coffee five to ten times like any mom and sometimes I drink it all right there Um, I'm definitely starting to let go of my desire for always having like a cool mug because sometimes I'm like if Grayson wants to play outside I pour it into one of our you know hydro flask or keep it hot type of um, mugs and or tumbler carrier coffee carrier and take it outside Um, so that it stays hot but I just love it I love it and I love the process and you know sometimes when we slow down and we the way that I just described making my coffee when I hear other people describe like getting in the shower making a coffee or sitting on the couch wrapped in a blanket reading while they drink a hot tea or have a glass of wine like when you describe it it feels magical, right? Like when I hear other people describe things like this on podcasts or in books, or even you watch it in a movie or on a reel on Instagram or whatever it is, doesn't it seem like it's going to be so magical? And then sometimes we do it and we do it on autopilot. And this is where, you know, mindfulness, if you will, it's like a trendy word. Um, But I just like paying attention, pay attention and appreciate 
the process of the the life we are creating. And sometimes when we just pull back and we are in a conscious energy state of appreciation and gratitude, we can feel that description coming to life, which is so cool. So making a coffee at home can be self-care. And it is for me. Aromatherapy shower steamers. Okay, you guys, this has been a game changer. So I grew up loving baths. I mean, I sometimes was the type of person that once the water got cool, I'd drain like a quarter or half of it or cooler and I would add more hot water so that my bath would um, go longer. And as I got older, you know, my mom was is, is still really into baths and they did a remodel on my childhood home and they created this beautiful bathroom with this tub that had jets in it and it had this um you know surface on the outside for you know they put seashells and little inspirational messages and then candles so I would create a whole scene I would um, light the candles and I would make the bath and I would um, put essential oils in the bath and then I would turn some relaxing music on and I am I love instrumental music for calming relaxation I love 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 it if you love it too I'm looking for any I love getting um new ideas of artists who create instrumental music but to be honest most of the time I listen to um things like by Hans Zimmer who writes for a lot of movie scores um and but then there's also beautiful pianists uh we grew up listening to a pianist um Lori Line and so I listened to some of her stuff and I just loved creating uh, an experience in the bath. Well, in Toffers in my home, we don't have a bathtub. And he, he knows this is on my vision board, on my uh, manifestation um, mind and what I want to create when we have a home of our own um, is a bathtub. And I, so I've had to improvise and My sister one Christmas got us all shower steamers. So it's like a bath bomb, but instead it's for the shower and it breaks down through steam. And so I have been uh, just doing trial and error with different brands of shower steamers. So again, if you have any shower steamer brands that you like to purchase from and you are big into shower steamers too... Um, DM me or email me. I am still in the trial phase trying to find that one that just isn't too powerful um, but and just kind of light like a candle. Like I just want it to fill up the shower um, and just feel like I'm in a spa and I'm still searching for the perfect one. So if you found one that you love, let me know. But I I love aromatherapy and shower steamers so 
I now uh, put a shower steamer and in not all the time, but whenever I'm going to shower again by myself, I, because again, we don't have a bathtub. So Grayson showers with Toffer I, and we just do kind of family showers. But when in, when I get a chance to shower by myself, I throw in a shower steamer. And it feels so good. And I also got these shower affirmation cards by this company called Jax Kelly. It's actually local here in San Diego. And I was served an ad on Instagram. I was like, those look awesome. And so now I've been putting uh, these shower affirmation cards on the wall in our shower. And I change them out from time to time. And so I have this aromatherapy shower experience with positive affirmations and I just feel the hot water and I go to a to another world and it feels good um okay getting my nails done I love to get my nails done I I don't do it like on a two to three week basis like some people because I don't have acrylics or anything like that but I I go you know I don't know, once a month or something, and I go and I get my nails done, and I just love being in those massage chairs and getting a foot massage, and I love coming out with my nails done. It just feels so good. Um, I get my hair done. Uh, I am naturally blonde, but I'm more of like an ashy blonde, and I love going and getting fresh highlights and, and just you know again the when they shampoo and condition your hair and you get that head massage and then the way i feel when i have fresh highlights in my hair i'm actually got my first gray hair on my 30th birthday um and i'll never forget because i did my hair and i was leaving for the airport to go to thailand and i all of a sudden there was this little white hair that was sticking straight up and I was like, what is that? And it was my first gray hair. Um, so now I kind of, well, I choose to get my hair colored um, because I don't really like gray hair um, or just like sprinkled gray hair, if you will, at 38. Um, and I love having bright blonde hair. So I get my nails done and I get my hair done and that feels so, so good. Walking, nature, fresh air. So this for me used to be working, like working out, strength training, running, cycling, swimming, all of those things. And the reality is I, the routine of that just isn't there. It's unpredictable. And so I... And I'm now pregnant, which I'll, again, which just like puts kind of a holding pattern for me on a feeling of wanting to create some type of true progress or some type of incremental progress with a fitness. And so I'm really just focused on movement. And for me, that's walking nature and fresh air. When I get outside and I feel breathe in that fresh air and if the sun is shining and I feel the warmth of the sun on my face or the wind is blowing and I feel a breeze you know in my face and and I just get outside we have 
a few trails. Um, one is paved, one is dirt uh, by our house. And so just going to these trails and walking feels so good. Or if I wanted to go on a really long walk, I could just walk a mile and be at the beach. Um, but walking, moving my body, being in nature, fresh air, so simple. Sometimes for me, that is just going outside and no movement involved, really, and just breathing in the fresh air in our backyard and just, ah, uh, it feels so good when you have fresh air going through your lungs. Candles. I love candles. Like I, when I was sharing about my my true passion for for baths, um, I love candles. I own a lot of them. I light different fragrances at different times of the year, um, and they just make me so happy. So candles, I have them at the office. I have them at home, and they bring me so much joy. A hug. A hug. I can't tell you what a difference a hug makes in my world. Um, I feel so full after a good hug, especially with my husband because he just gives the best hugs. And my cup gets so full when when I get a hug from him, um, but really just a very meaningful hug, you know, not like, not like a greet you hug or a goodbye hug, like one of those like really good hugs, um, that just lights me up inside. Watching a show that makes me laugh. So, you know, watching TV for self-care, it's usually not there. And I think that's, not fair because it's different if it's mindlessness, if you, if it's from boredom, if it is unintentional. Um, but downtime and I mean, they watching something can make you laugh. It can change your mood. It's like listening to music. Um, so watching a show that makes me laugh brings about energy it lights me up inside it feels good and again it's intentional so I I haven't done this since Grayson was born because well there isn't a lot of time but I usually re-watch two uh, sitcom series every few years one is Friends Friends Watching a 20-minute friend show or three in a row literally can change my day around um, or it can change my energy and it feels good. It lights me up and it is a form of self-care. And new girl, new girl and friends can fill my cup and it does not feel like a waste of time. It does not feel, uh, it is intentional. It is to change my energy. It is to fill my cup. It is to relax. And laughing is a beautiful way to take care of yourself.
Okay. The last way that I um, include self-care in my life, in my routine, is I'm not a written journaler. Okay. I, I love the idea of it, but I have for years, going back to that feeling of resistance, self, the self-care activity that you are trying to do isn't working when, and that's what I really should have said when I said self-care shouldn't feel like. Self-care isn't working when it feels like work, you have a should, it's a to-do on your to-do list, or you're met with a feeling of resistance. Well, journaling for me was all of those things. It felt like I should be doing it. It felt like work. It felt like it was on my to-do list. And it wasn't coming naturally or easy to me, but I love thinking and I love sharing my thoughts out loud. But my husband doesn't always want to be on the receiving end of all of my thoughts and neither do my friends and family as being a listener isn't always the easiest, right? So especially when a lot of these types of thoughts, journaling type thoughts are more, um, they're more for you, for, for you to discover how you're feeling about something, what you think about something. They, they aren't really for other people. And so my version of journaling is I discovered doing voice memos. And so often I do my best thinking when I'm driving to or from work. I have about a 20-minute commute. And I will just uh, grab my phone, hit the voice memo button, and I just start sharing my thoughts. And it's a thought dump. That's what journaling is really intended for is to not go down a rabbit hole. It's to release and let go. And then just leave it. And I feel like for me, that is easiest through voice memos. So if you are more of the type of person to just share out loud and journaling isn't working for you, I highly recommend just doing voice memos. Just share. You can go back to it. But the thing about journaling is most people don't go back and read their journals. They just journal and move on, journal and move on, journal and move on. And that's what voice memos are. I mean, I have a gazillion voice memos on my phone and I don't go back and listen to them. But the process of recording and releasing is amazing. It is so, it feels so good. And then sometimes I have aha moments, right, where I'm recording And then in those moments, I might pause and send myself a reminder or, you know, ask Siri to send me an email about something that I thought about that I really wanted, want to actually take action on. But for the most part, I just record. So I, I don't have an answer for what self-care looks like for you, but what I can ask of you is over the next week, today, try some things and notice what you feel. Do you feel resistance or do you look forward to it? Do you feel pulled to do that? Is it easy? Does it light you up? 
you know, something, some things aren't for everyone. It doesn't matter how much research there is on meditation. I do best with doing six minutes of yoga with some peaceful yoga-like music on. That is my form of meditation. Um, or if I'm guided through a meditation uh, or I guide someone else through a visualization or something of that sort. But traditional meditation, just because there's research doesn't mean that you should do it and it should be a part of your self-care routine. That's a great example from my book of trying things on. So try on some different self-care activities and see what works for you. And then create that jar. And maybe you even for the I, I have never done this, but maybe it's creating a jar and writing a bunch of things on that. And you just pull one out every once in a while and you do something from the list. But if that feels like work and that doesn't excite you, doesn't feel like an adventure, then that's probably not the right activity for you. So keep that in mind. And then just notice, be aware. You know, some people drinking a glass of well, it doesn't have to be drinking a glass of wine, but I just picture people who love to cook um, with music and drinking a glass of wine or cocktail while they're cooking. And some people, that is a creative outlet that fills them up and they love it. They love it. So I don't know what it looks like for you. I can't create the routine for you. Nothing in marketing can. No article is going to teach you exactly what you need to do there is no prescription for self-care it is paying attention to things that maybe you already do and noticing oh my goodness I did something for myself and that felt amazing I'm going to write that down and put it in my jar of self-care activities so I'm going to recap real quick and then I would love to hear from you Uh, what self-care looks like for you or if this episode was helpful. Okay, so self-care. You know it's not working when it feels like work. You feel like you should. It's a to-do on your to-do list or you're met with a feeling of resistance. Self-care is working when it feels easy, lights you up, feels good. You like it and you look forward to it. And then just to recap, maybe some of my self-care activities have inspired you and you want to try them, but I'll just uh, quickly recap what some of my self-care, what my bucket of self-care looks like. Napping, reading, making a coffee, aromatherapy shower steamers, getting my nails and hair done, walking, nature, fresh air, candles, a hug, watching a show that makes me laugh, specifically friends or new girl, sharing my thoughts in a voice memo, my version of journaling. And with that, I would love to hear from you. DM me on Instagram at the mom tuition. I will put this in the show notes. You can also email me. And if you liked this episode and you think it was helpful, screenshot it share it on your stories maybe it would help someone else too another mom out there so that would mean so much to me 
And I hope that it was helpful to you. Have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking with you all soon.